Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I want to get to the word of the Lord this morning and something that uh, we have taught in other ways and different things that we've dealt with, but I want to go at it from this angle today, uh, faith to overcome. Everybody say faith to overcome. First John chapter 5, and we want to read uh, verse 4 and 5. You know this verse very well. Amen. I hope you got it even commit to memory a little bit, but for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. Amen. Even our faith. Our faith. Somebody say, my faith. <clears throat> Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that, believe, he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Amen. You believe he is the son of God today? You believe he is the anointed one that came to save this world? Would you lift up your voice right now? You are an overcomer. Amen. By your faith. Lord, I praise you today and I bless your name, Lord. God, I pray that you would help us as we study your word, as we deliver your word today. Let it be God anointed in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Faith to overcome. We often talk about the kingdom. We often talk about the kingdom of God because that is the, that is the context with which God sees his plan, his overall agenda from Genesis to Revelation is about his kingdom. Amen. He's the king. Somebody say amen. amen. He's the king. Is he your king? He's my king. He's the king and he has a kingdom. When he, the very first thing that Jesus stated when he launched his messianic ministry on this earth was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I've come to tell somebody this morning, you're closer than you think. You are nearer to the victory. You are closer to the grace of God than you may even think. You're close to the mercy of God. Forgiveness is close. Aren't you glad for that? He's as close as the mention of his name, as the song says. Amen. The kingdom is near. It is at hand. Jesus called us in the word to seek first the kingdom, Matthew uh, 6.33. He calls us to seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Not just his agenda, but his righteousness. That refers, that statement refers to seeking the lordship of Jesus Christ. That he's Lord of my life. There's a lot of people that will have faith, but not that he is Lord. 
They will have belief. I believe in the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> but is he, does he have lordship over your life? Can he dictate what you do? Can he tell you where to go? Can he tell you how to look at what comes out of your mouth? Amen. There's a lot of people that want salvation, but they don't want the, the, the discipleship part after the salvation. But to be a disciple means to say, Jesus is Lord of my life. That means he has the say over everything that I do. Oh, praise him today. Because if I'll give him access as Lord, he not only is my Lord, but he is my supplier. <laughs> he is my shepherd. He is my caretaker. Amen. If I will give him that lordship in my life, it is his authority and his dominion and his purpose that we seek in our life. The kingdom is at hand. But I want to tell you that even though the kingdom is at hand, there has still got to be a warrior's mentality to get into what God has for us in the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12, Jesus said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven <clears throat> suffereth violence and the violent taken by force. If to enter into the things of God, <coughs> we must be willing to war. We must be willing to battle. There's a battle. Your blessing sometimes is not just going to come to you flying on some kind of drone and drop down into your plate. Sometimes there's a battle that you have to fight for your next level with God. Amen. Now, we don't battle to save, be saved. We don't battle to be born again. That is God's gift to us. But as sons and as kingdom heirs, we battle the enemy because the enemy does not want you to go to the next level. The enemy does not want you to be surrendered in lordship to Jesus Christ. So he battles. He battles. Well, I thought that once I got saved, I'd never have a battle. That's like saying, you know, life is fair. How many can attest to you've been on the earth long enough that you can attest to that there's no such thing as saying life is fair. Life is tough, and the tough are the ones that, that can deal with it. And so in the kingdom of God, we face battles. We face adversaries. Amen. It's not a bed of roses, but it is a pathway to the victor's crown. It is the overcomers. Repeatedly, Jesus said to the churches in Revelation, him that overcome will I give. Him that overcome, amen. Here's the exciting thing is that it may be a battle and I may have to provide the determination, but he's going to provide the deliverance. He's going to provide the victory, amen. The kingdom is close, but it isn't convenient, the kingdom is close, but sometimes it's got conflict. The battle we fight to overcome must be that we persevere and say, I refuse to lose. I refuse to give in. Amen. When you look at scripture, you will find things like that. We must earnestly contend for the faith. Amen. Earnestly contend for the faith. That was once delivered to the saints. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, say it, principalities, 
against powers, the rulers of darkness in this world, we wrestle against them. We wrestle against that. Amen. But we are not destined to wrestle to victory. We are wrestling from victory. We are wrestling from victory. Come on and give God praise in this house. Paul said, we need to fight the good fight of faith. Faith is wonderful. It comes to us. But it's also, we sometimes have to fight for our faith. Amen? Paul encouraged us to fight for our faith, to endure hardness. For he said in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3, Thou therefore endure hardness. That means to suffer pain physically and emotionally, to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. God has chosen people of faith to be soldiers. Now, they tell us that one of the most elite fighting forces is the Navy SEALs. The Navy SEALs, those, those used to be called frogmen, but the Navy SEALs are supposed to be an elite and extreme. Do you know what they put them through before they could be a Navy SEAL? I don't know what the statistic is, but it, it, it is amazing how many men want to be a Navy SEAL, but how many survive is very few. Why are they doing that? Why, why are they testing them like that? Why are they putting them through such sleep de deprivation and, and hardship and, and learning how to swim and learning how to do that? Because if they just threw a soldier into that environment, uh, they would not be ready. Can I tell you, some of the battle you're fighting now is to get you ready for a battle you're going to fight tomorrow that God wants you to be ready to endure, to have faith, to overcome. Amen. Living for God is not for sissies. It's not some kind of cop-out to have faith. It takes somebody with some guts. It takes somebody with some determination that says, amen, I'm going to fight and war and endure hardness as a good soldier. And here's what Paul said on in verse 4. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. I'm not so attached to this world, amen, that I'm detached from the kingdom, but rather I'm attached to the kingdom because he has chosen me to be a soldier. All right. Square your shoulders back. You're a soldier in the army of God, amen. And I believe that once we realize that faith is not for wimps, we fight on we struggle on, we wrestle on, amen. The enemy may take a lot, but he cannot take your faith. He cannot take your faith. He cannot take your praise, amen, unless we relinquish it to him. So we fight the warfare, amen, to go into the kingdom. Surrender, brothers and sisters, is not an option. Amen. Giving up is not an option. I know that I believe there I believe there's a demon called quit. I believe there's a devil called quit and all he wants you to do is give up, quit. Look at this. It's too hard. It's too that. It's too this. And 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 it comes in our mind and says I want you to quit. I want you to give up. I want you to give in. Amen. But surrender for the child of God is not an option. 
<clears throat> drawn from some quotes of some generals and statement, statesmen. Uh, Douglas MacArthur said in an address to West Point uh, uh, that there is no substitute for victory. His quote is, in war, there is no substitute for victory. Somebody needs to get it in their DNA that it's grit, grace and grit. It's faith and fight. Amen. If we have the mentality that I'm just going to, Lord, you got to come fight everything for me. No, there is no substitute for victory. Nothing will take the place. I don't care how many pleasures you may have in this world, how many feelings of, of euphoria you may have. Nothing takes the place to say, I've overcome. Have you overcome anything in your life? Have you had a habit that you've overcome? Have you had a temptation that you overcome? Have you had a, a, a concept that you've had to overcome and your mind has been rewired by the Holy Ghost? Hey man, victory is essential. Winston Churchill, in his first speech as Prime Minister of England, said this, quote, I would say to the house, as I said to those who have joined this government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. Well, that would go over today like a bunch of high heel tennis shoes, wouldn't it? We have before us, he said, an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many long months of toil and struggle. He went on to say, you ask what my policy is. I will say it is waging war with all our might, with all the strength that God can give us to wage war against the monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark, lamentable catalog of human history. You ask what is my aim? I can answer you one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be, for without victory there is no survival. Brothers and sisters, that must be our spiritual mindset, and that is victory at all costs. Overcoming at all costs, in spite of the attack, in spite of the terror, in spite of the fear. I remind you of the words of the song, we win. Over depression, we win. Over doubt, we win. Over perversion, we win. Over fear and rejection, over bitterness and offense, over jealousy and anxiety, over gossip and slander, over unforgiveness and rebellion, we win. <clears throat> we win. Somebody say, I win. I win by faith. <clears throat> I win in the name of Jesus. I win by the power of the blood. I win by the power of the Holy Ghost. I face challenges, but I'm going to win. I face attack, but I'm not going to rest. I'm going to overcome by faith. I'm going to win by faith. This spiritual battle line that is before us is either going to be won by faith or lost by unbelief. We win. Turn to three people and tell them right now, I win. Can I tell you, the enemy is aggressive right now. You and I think it's about politics. 
It's about culture. It's about the craziness coming out, the anti-family, the anti-patriarchal system, the anti-God, anti-word. It's just, well, that's just culture. I'm telling you, it is Satan changing and destroying people's minds and their thinking. Amen. And, and if we can just sit back and just relax and think, we're in Medora. It's never going to bother us here. Thank God for Medora. Thank God for Medora. I, I love this little town. It, there, there's, there's still some peace in this town. But I will tell you this. The enemy is working hard to fight against truth and righteousness and godliness. And if we take a passive mentality, we're going to miss it. Now, we don't fight. We may never be a protest protester. We may not be a, 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 an organizer of governmental things and politics, but we can go to our knees and say, it's first of all not going to rule here. Satan, you don't rule this. You don't rule my mind. Fear, you don't rule my life. Oh, unbelief and doubt, you've got to go in the name of Jesus. I may not understand it, but I believe greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We win. One of the things that a military force needs to have to overcome is intelligence. We have intelligence multiple intelligent agencies in the United States that sometimes I think they are in misinformation, but not in intelligence. But military intelligence provides for us analysis, approaches, strategies, guidance to direct our military or our warfare. We deal today with spiritual intelligence. In case you don't understand where I'm going today, I'm comparing natural warfare to spiritual warfare. We deal with spiritual warfare. So in dealing with spiritual warfare, we need to know how to, how to battle against the enemy that attacks us. Where is he attacking? What is he using? What are his methods? What is his strategy? Amen. I will tell you. Anybody here ever read screw tape letters uh, by C.S. Lewis? If you if you got a little bit of a, of time, because you you can't just read it and pass through. It's not like reading a little quick novel. But if you want to know, uh, it is his way of looking at the spiritual warfare, and it's from a a demon's standpoint, from the demonic world standpoint. Uh, I will tell you, the devil is very active right now. It is time for the church of God to be active right now. It is time for us right now to say. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to act like it. That thing that's trying to derail my life and my ministry, no, in the name of Jesus. That which is coming against my mind and my body is not. If, 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 I, if I go down, I'm going to go down knowing I'm going as a victor. I'm not a victim. God, help us to stop this victim mentality in the apostolic ranks like, a, like we're, we have no choice. Yes, we do have a choice. We have God on our side. Hallelujah. Don't look at the world like it wins for because let's have a revelation like the prophet said to his servant, oh God, open his eyes that he may see that there's more with us than is with them. Hallelujah. 
I want to remind you, I've said it before, I say it again. Satan is not co-equal opposite of God. And only a third of the angels went with him. We already outnumber. I think sometimes we don't even think that. We are in the angelic world just by sheer numbers. It's two to one. Praise God. But I will tell you if every angel went with Satan when he had a coup attempt against God, if every angel had gone, we could still say, greater is he that is with me than he that is in the world. Because Satan is not a co-equal opposite of God. There's not God an equal sign and Satan. There is a greater than sign where you have God and a greater than sign and the enemy. You need to realize that whatever you put over here, whatever battle I'm preaching this morning, whatever battle you're facing, whatever trial you're facing, on this side is, is your battle and on this side is God and it's always greater than, greater than. Hallelujah, I'm an overcomer when I realize whose side I'm on. We must have some spiritual intelligence. It's not an hour for us to be spiritually passive when the enemy is aggressive. Strategic warfare has got to be raised. Lord, let the sleeping giant of glory the Zion of heaven. St wake up. Wake up the church, Lord. Because hell does not want you to wake up. He doesn't want us to, to realize who we are in Christ. The weakest among us, the supposed weakest among us, walks in an authority and a power that the hell cannot stand. Woo! Somebody say, that's me. Paul said, I'm the least of the saints. If the least of the saints was the apostle Paul, Oh, Lord, help us. But every one of us have the authority, but we need to beware of Satan's strategy. Let me remind you that there are only two kingdoms in this world. Only two. There are a lot of nations. There's a lot of cultures. There's a lot of races. Amen. But, but Paul wrote to the Colossians in, in 1 and 13 of his letter, he said that God hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So when we were born again, we switched from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. That's enough to make anybody shout. The question is, we must decide whose side we will be on. You and I choose every day what's influencing us. Every day. We, we, we choose to say, well, today I'm fighting. Or today, there are some days I realize that sometimes you just go say, Lord, let me just fall in your arms because I can't fight. But I'm going to be as close to you as possible. There ought to be something within us that sees this is the reason. And this is why I fight. If you're in the army of the Lord you have chosen to serve him. You have chosen to obey him. You have chosen to be a follower. Then you, my brother, are in a battle and you and I will fight, but we must understand that we are victorious by faith. It is the victory by faith. 
But so what, what causes us to get into this fight? The story of John F. Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States, is very interesting because he was commissioned as a Navy officer during World War II. In August of 43, the patrol torpedo boat he commanded, the PT-109, was rammed and sunk by an enemy destroyer near the Japanese and Solomon Islands. Kennedy and a fellow officer swam from one enemy-occupied island to the next until they found a friendly island who helped them get the message to the U.S. forces. Years later, Kennedy was regarded as a war hero. When they asked, why did you get involved? He said, why did you become a hero? He said it was voluntary. They sunk my boat. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, when the enemy comes in like a flood and it begins to feel as if your boat is capsized and and your life is capsized, you and I have a, a choice to make. Give in, give over, and quit or say, I'm going to swim until I get to where I need to go. And by faith, I'm going to overcome because greater is he that is in me floating and bobbing up and down in the sea of my trouble than he that is in a great big metal boat. My God is with me. Amen. Would to God that we had the mentality today. I'm fighting this spiritual warfare. To win. I'm fighting to win. (coughs) So let's let's talk about some strategies and devices here. John 10 and 10. Jesus said, the thief cometh not but, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. There is a thief afoot. That is casing your valuables. He's casing out your life. Hell is not after your junk. Hell is after your treasures. Hell's not, you know, it, it wants the best of us. Hell is out to target our joy. The thief is out to kill our faith and to destroy our divine destiny. He is attempting to rob God's plan for your present, your past, and your future. If you think that battle is just really for this moment, I will say to you it's, 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 a, it's an unestimated uh, idea because he is fighting for your future and whatever future ministry. I wonder how many young people that messed up in their life and they, they did something that they shouldn't have done or, or they went in a certain direction that that, that, that now their life is, is messed up when God had a plan for them to do amazing things in his kingdom, but hell derailed it. Well, can I just tell you right now, it doesn't matter if hell derailed you yesterday, you can stand today in victory and overcome and be the same that God wants for you. He said, I've come that you might have life. Anybody here beside me ever made some mistakes in your life? Well, there's a mistake eraser. There's a mistake eraser called our faith. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. 
talking about military intelligence, spiritual intelligence, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. The, the enemy of our soul is a schemer, a trickster, and a deceiver. It is important that we understand his devices. It's important to understand his weapons. I believe today, navigating the internet world that we're living in is like swimming with demonic sharks. Be quick to delete a message that comes to your social media when it is such a nasty thing. Be quick to delete it. Can I get an amen? amen. Don't, don't go to whatever site that is that sends you that junk. Be sure to put the highest level of, of, of guard and safeguard that whatever social media you're on gives you. Don't be ignorant of his devices. He's a schemer. He's a trickster. You know, we often hear about all oh, this. Is, this is systematic, and that is systematic, and this is systematic. Evil is systematic. It has integrated with the world's thinking. It is manipulating the world's thinking. It's systematic everywhere. The enemy of our soul wants to take advantage by using devices. We are not ignorant of his devices. Now, let me tell you, his devices is not some kind of fancy weapon, some kind of plasma gun, some special ray, some special grenade, some soul explosive device. The word devices here in this scripture is the Greek word noema, noema. It means the result of the activity of the mind. Satan's devices is all about right here. What is influencing this? What is telling us here? What he's putting into our head? Can I just stop and say this about fear? Fear does not have any power on its own. But fear only looks to attach to something in our life. You say that again. Fear does not have power, so it has to attach to something. You go to the doctor. I, I, I experienced this during dealing with my heart issues. And this, this is partly personal, but um, I went for a stress test. I had, I had, I had done my homework, and I I had made my mind be ready. Okay, they're going to put me on a treadmill, and I know it's going to be like this. Anybody ever had a stress test? Hey, they're going to put you on this big old hill, and you're walking, and I was, man, I was psyched. No, no Olympic athlete had a better mentality that day than me. I, I, I wore my sweatpants. I had on a nice kind of, I was ready to go, and I was talking a good game. I got on there and here we go. Of course, they tell you, stay off your blood pressure medicine. Yeah, okay. I'm off my blood pressure medicine. I'm doing this. And what does my blood pressure do? Ooh, it's going up. I'm still good. 
my blood pressure's rising. It's way up there. And finally, the nurse that's, that's checking it said, stop. We're going to have to do that with, with uh, in, in, injecting something in you. And my mentality of overcoming went from Olympic athlete <laughs> to Pee Wee Herman. All the name I could think of. I went from being here in my mind to there, and I felt it. I already, we, Sister Gill, have talked about this quite frequently since, since it, uh, you know, we heard about this idea. Is that I, I, I experienced in that moment fear attaching to that transition, and I had to recalculate. I had to, and my face went from this. Because I'd heard some things, how bad that is and how it feels and how it makes you feel. And so I'm just fighting. I'm, I'm having to change gears. Let me just tell you, you have to look in your mind and say, I'm going to prepare my thinking because things can change on a dime and you can either let that come in and get you. So I had to shift. It took me about three minutes, Brother Keith, to go from <clears throat> this back to this. Greater is he that is in me than he. And that's some of the weirdest feeling I've ever had, but I'm still standing here today. I'm okay. Hallelujah. You have to be willing to think in your mind so that fear does not have a place to land. Fear does not have, it's like a bird looking for a place to roost. You don't have a place. I'm preaching this this morning because somebody needs to hear it. Stop letting fear reside where it doesn't belong. Hallelujah. Devices. Satan's devices deals with the mind, the activity of the mind. All right? Look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 through 4. But if our gospel is hid, right? It is hid to them that are lost. How is it hid? In whom the God of this world, who is that? Somebody tell me who the God of this world is. Satan. The God of this world has blinded their, the minds. Neome, the exact same word as device. He has blinded, his device is blindness. To blind their mind of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The world that is lost is lost because they're lost in their mind. Blindness has happened to them. It is our responsibility to pray for illumination. And God, uncover their mind. Uncover their thinking, Lord Jesus. Because Satan's device comes right here. It's not about the drug. It's about the mind. It's not about that illicit affair. It's about the mind. It's not about that adultery. It's in the mind. It is not about pornography. It is about what is in the mind. And if he can control this, then, then he has got us like, a, like the uh, captain of the ship that controls the rudder. Amen. But somewhere we got to learn God reveal the truth to their mind. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3, you know this text. For, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Look at that word, thought. You know what that? That's the same Greek word as devices. And bringing in captivity every device. Everything that Satan throws at you right here is saying, I take authority over it. I'm pulling it down. I'm casting it down. Can I just tell you, some of the things we have gotten from culture in America, even from what we would think would be good culture, is his devices. Some of the ways that we have been raised is, is, is his devices. They tell us that in the mind, repeated habits, repeated thoughts become furrowed, becomes furrows in our mind, like a, a row that we've hoed out over and over and over again. And so that becomes then that habitual thinking, it's the way it's raised. So as if somebody told you when you were younger that you would never amount to anything, that you would never be anything, that you're this or you're that or you can't or you won't, and that becomes like a furrow that has been dug in our mind, you're just a victim. You're just, you know, you've been abused or you're this or that. It becomes a furrow in our mind. And the way that that is counteracted is starting a new row. Somebody going to start a new row today. Somebody going to say, Lord Jesus, I am being changed in my mind. Whatever I've been fed is not true. That's not what you say about me. That's not what you or your word says about me. So I'm changing my mind. What are you saying? I'm saying I see the device that Satan has used on my mind and I'm taking a new line of thought. I'm taking what God says about me. I'm taking that I'm not a victor. I'm not a victim. I am an overcomer. Come on, say it. I'm an overcomer. I'm not a victim of, of my family abuse. I'm not a victim of even my mistakes. I'll own it and say, God, forgive me. I repent and I'm digging a new line. Somebody ought to, maybe I should have brought Pastor David's hoe he had. Show again. When our thoughts are wild, our actions are wild. You can't have bitter and sweet here. You can't have bitter here and sweet out here. Now, you might talk sweet. I might talk sweet. But if this is off, it will eventually come out in my hands. Devices of darkness is a stronghold in the mind. Amen. We are to pull them down violently. And I've taught you this before, and I will teach it again. Mental strongholds occur by systematic Habitual patterns of thought. We need to methodically be careful what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, how we allow the things to hit our senses. Amen. Pastor gets up and tells you Twilight movie uh, 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 um, is something you ought to stay away from. Oh, Pastor, that's just a good old movie about vampires and Wolf, wolves that turn into werewolves. I don't know. I just know I've read some research about how it has had an impact on a lot of people's mind. Oh, The Exorcist is nothing. I'll just go watch that. Watch that. 
And what happens, the furrows begin to deal and dig in your mind. And Satan has an access point. I want you to get this today. Let's not give the enemy an access point by what we watch and what we read and what we listen to. Amen. Because how many of you have ever watched something and then later on it's, oh man, that thought comes back to you. It comes back to you. You saw that. Amen. I heard that. It comes back to you. I believe that we need to stand up today and say, that's a device. That's a thinking I'm going to fight against that. Come on and clap your hands, somebody. For years, for years, preachers have preached behind pulpit about television and about things like this. And we've just said, ah, that's just that old hardline thinking. No, I believe that there was some wisdom and understanding. It's not that TV, but it is what is coming over it that can create a pattern in our mind and a stronghold. I like the message paraphrase of Romans 12 and 2. Don't become so well adjusted in your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlock the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I believe we need to be very aware about the battle right here. Somebody say, I'm a victor. I'm an overcomer. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. Where does imagination come from? <clears throat> the Bible said in Genesis, the Lord destroyed the, the antediluvian world because their thoughts were nothing but wickedness continually. He said nothing about what they were doing. He's talking about what they were thinking. All right? Casting down imagination in every high thing just having a degree does not make you an expert on the mind. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity, nomia, every device. That's the Greek word for thought. Every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. There are those today who base their perception of God on high lofty thinking of intelligence rather than what the word says. Many of our secular universities today, and if it has never been evident, it is evident today, is full of simply using the device of darkness to destroy minds. You're not just a different gender. You can be a different race. And they're, they're teaching this as if it is truth. Not only could you, could you be a different race, you could be a different being. So we're going to put cat litter out for you that think you're a cat. Years ago, we called that a mental disorder. I'm going to tell you what it is. It is a spiritual attack on the mind to destroy people from ever coming to know the Lord. We've got to, we've got to be careful about this. Bring it to captain every thought. How do we do that? All right, we do it by God's help. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and 
know what that word mind is? Naomia. That's the same one as devices. What Satan has against you, God has for you. Somebody should have taken three laps right then. What Satan is trying to destroy here, God can heal. Woo! Hallelujah. The peace of God, not the peace of Tim Gill, not the peace of put your name there, but the peace of God that passes all understanding. When I can't figure it out, his peace is going to guard my thinking. Guard my mind. I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know how it comes here. I don't have a clue how that thought come to me. But one thing I know as I'm depending on the guard of peace to keep my mind. And you know that next verse 8 says, whatever things are true, here's my part. Here's what I got to think on. Whatever things are true, that means you can't believe the lie that people tell about you who you are, what you are, amen, or what your own mind, what your own flesh says about you. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good, uh, a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So we got to be careful how we think, amen. Our life is shaped by the thoughts that we have. What you feed your mind will become who you are. Paul said in 1 Timothy 6 and 11, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. What? These thoughts, these things, this way of thinking, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto you are called and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. This world is not my home. Why do I want to think like this world? I'm not a citizen in my spirit of this world. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. <coughs> so I put on the whole armor of God. <coughs> Ephesians 6 and 11. I put on the whole armor of God that I may be able to withstand the wiles or the devices of the devil. Amen. We dare not attempt to outsmart the devil on our own mind. We need the armor. The wisest and greatest among us have fallen. I'm going to stop here and say something that seemingly may, may, may be unrelated. Pastor Wilkes and I have had several conversations about this in, the, in, in just the last few days. One of the worst things that has hit the American apostolic church is the celebrity pastor culture. It's one thing to honor your pastor. It's another thing to make him become a celebrity. What celebrity culture has done is it's made pastor feels like they are above reproach. They're above having to submit to anybody. They're above. They can never make, make a mistake. Oh, that is a device of the enemy that has hit the not just the, the, the religious worlds of our day. You, you wonder why that you see these great supposedly celebrity pastors falling? It's because God does not share his glory with anyone that will prostitute his glory. I'm telling you today, 
These are some thinking that we have got to realign. This is God's kingdom. It's not a man's kingdom. This is God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Yes, he calls to ministry those that lead by pastoring and teaching and, and, and an apostle and a, and a prophet and evangelist. He calls and he gives those gifts. But oh, this is his church. It's his church. We cannot afford to become snared by the tricks of the enemy. Satan knows. As long as you are under God's protective cover, he can't get here. I'm going to say it again. As long as you are under God's protective cover, what does that mean? Going back to the peace. As long as you are dealing with that fact that God gives you peace, Satan can't get to you. As long as you are under God's peace, Satan can't get to you. As long as you are under God's peace, Satan cannot get to you. I want you to get this. I'm, I'm digging a row here. I'm digging a furrow here. As long as you stay under his authority and under his lordship, he does, hell does not have access to your mind. Thoughts may come, but oh God, they go. Amen. Hell does not have authority. Let me just say this. This is what I believe scripture teaches, that a, a, God, a, a person who is filled with the Holy Ghost cannot be possessed by the devil at the same time. That Holy Ghost has got to go before they can become possessed. But they can be oppressed. And there can be the enemy coming against us. But the way to eradicate that is go back to what the Word says. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's what Isaiah wrote. It is about your mind and the battle in your mind. But in the name of Jesus, dig a new furrow. Dig a new furrow in your mind. And, and you let that furrow be the Word of God. Plow it up in the name of the Lord. I want to give you another way. Are, are you all okay? I know I'm going a little long today. Are you okay? All right. I'm going to show you another way to overcome by faith. All right. Romans chapter 10, verse 6. But the righteousness, the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart who shall ascend into heaven... That is to bring Christ down from above. What is he saying here? Don't say you need another resurrection. You need Christ to come again. He's already come. He's already died and rose again. Or who will ascend into the deep? And that is to bring up Christ from the dead. But what saith it? The word. Everybody say the word. It's interesting that this is not logos, which speaks of the written word, but it is rhema, which speaks of the revealed word. Mm. But the word, the revealed word is nigh thee. It's close to you. It is even in your mouth and in your heart. It is the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, 
Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Keep in mind, in this text, Paul is not writing to non-believers. He is not writing to a lost world. He's writing to the Roman church that are believers. Keep that in mind. Well, what I believe that Paul is addressing is the issue of mouth and faith connection. That you've got to connect your faith to what you speak. Confess. The word confess is to say the same thing as another. That's what the word means. To agree. To agree to speak and to celebrate what another has to say. So what, I've, what I, I think the word of the Lord that I'm confessing, what are we confessing? He said we're to confess the Lord Jesus. Mm. Again, this is for the church, not for a sinner. People use this as a, the plan of salvation. This is not the Roman road or the plan of salvation. This is the road to victory for those who are saved. You understand? The word Lord here is owner. The word expresses authority, kingship, ownership. So what am I confessing? I'm confessing whatever the Lord says. Whatever he says in his word, that's what I've got to confess. And he promised me if I would confess the Lord Jesus, that I would be saved. You know, that word means rescued, delivered. It's here. And it is also here. It is in our thinking and it is in our mouth. How do we win the victory? It begins with what you think and also what you say. It is really about speaking a word of faith. We are so quick to put words in the doctor's mouth. Not the doctor to put words in our mouth, but rather to put words in before we ever show up. Well, it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And, and I'm about to die. No, you're not. No, you're not. And if you die, what's the worst that could happen? I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. All right? I just feel like the enemy wants us to get it in our mind that everything that we confess is so negative, so doubtful, so fearful, amen, that we begin to get what we confess. But the Bible said the word of faith is nigh you. What, what does that mean? The closer I get to the word and more of the word that I get, if I will stay close to the word, then I'll begin to confess what that word says. But if I get close to a gossip, if I get close to a doubter and a naysayer, I'll begin to confess what they say. I begin to take their word. Or if I'm watching something that is full of misinformation and, 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 and false doctrine, I begin to catch whatever I get close to is what I will confess. I got to go. The Bible says we need to have the confession of faith. What does that confession say? Something like this. I'm fully forgiven. Christ fully forgave me. I am free from the condemnation of sin that I committed because I brought it in repentance to God and I changed my direction. I'm not picking it up again. What I did yesterday, I no longer confess. He that confessed and forsakes his sin 
the Bible says. You confess, forsake, then quit confessing it. Quit confessing it. Confession sounds something like this. I am free from every generational curse in my family. I know that your Aunt Sally and your cousin Ed and your Grandpa Luigi <laughs> acted this way and that way. I'm free from that. Yes. Because I'm a child of the king. People say, I am this from birth. Fine. You may be totally wrong in my opinion, but fine. Believe that. I am this from birth. Well, Jesus said you got to be born again. I am who I am by new birth. Yeah, glory be to God. How about the confession of faith? I trust the Lord in everything in my life. He's the Lord of my life. I trust him. I am redeemed from the curse of Adam. I am redeemed from the curse. I still have to deal with the flesh. I still live in a broken world. But from the curse of sin, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. Hallelujah. How how about I renounce all other gods? I renounce all other idols. I renounce all other gods. Amen. I reject any way of thinking that doesn't line up to this. I reject any way of thinking. Come on, we need to say these things. I reject it. I say that it is false and not true. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Say it. I'm no longer a slave to sin. Slave I'm no longer being pulled around by my nose by sin, telling me what to do, what to say, how to act, where to go. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I am victory. Have victory in Jesus' name. I am justified by faith. I'm sanctified in the process by faith. I live holy by faith. I do what I do by faith, not by good works. Amen. It's about what we think and what we say. It's what we think. Take your fingers and put it to your head. It's what we think. Put it to your mouth. It's what I say. It's what I think and what I say. The world wants us to think differently, to blind our eyes so we're speaking differently. Well, that's just not, that's not as wrong as we were led to believe. Joshua 1 and 8. Here's here's the promise. If this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night, and you may have, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then, somebody say then, then your way will be prosperous, and you're going to have good success. Stand with me, please. Jesus said, these things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. Somebody say battle. It's a battlefield. Life is a battlefield. I know it's not fair. Get over it. Come on. Life's hand you a lemon tree. We'll go in the lemonade business. Get over it. You see what I'm saying? I'm I'm not trying to be flippant. I'm telling you, dig a new furrow. Dig a new furrow of thinking. 
by this word and let it get in your mouth. By your mouth, confession is made. I will confess the Lord Jesus. Is there anybody here in this house today that says, I'm going to do this. I've got victory to overcome even by faith. By faith, I overcome. I need, let's make an altar call right now for victors, for overcomers, for people of faith that will say, it is in my mouth. Hey Amen. I am going to overcome. <clears throat> I am spirit-filled. I have Christ. So therefore, I have the divine nature of Christ in me. And Jesus though it looked like he was defeated, was really an overcomer. Amen. He was the lamb that was slain, but he was also the lion of the tribe of Judah that overcome. I have overcome the world. Amen. By one time event of Christ, I now can be overcomer myself. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Come on and lift up your voice right now in this house. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.